Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of March 31. In the news, Azerbaijani forces violating the line of contact in Artsakh advance their positions and capture a new height. This is followed by an advance into Armenia's territory near the village of Der. Azerbaijan's president proposes a meeting of the representatives of Azerbaijan and Artsakh in Baku. Stepanagert rejects the proposal. And the Lachin Corridor continues to remain blockaded by Azerbaijan. For 110 days, the population of Artsakh has remained under siege. The blockade of the Lachin Corridor has been ongoing for 110 days now. Over the weekend, on March 25, Azerbaijani armed forces violated the line of contact in the Shushilisagor section and ensured a certain position advancement in the territory of Artsakh. They captured a 2,054-meter height, approximately 2.9 kilometers northeast of Mount Saribaba, and proceeded with engineering work. This is fortification work on the site. Azerbaijan's defense ministry reported that its armed forces, quote, took appropriate control measures in order to prevent the use for illegal activities of unpaved roads north of the Lachin Road, as well as further escalation of the situation and potential provocations by the transportation of weapons and ammunition to the territories of Azerbaijan by Armenia. According to Baku, members of Armenian illegal armed organizations tried to dig trenches under the guise of agricultural work in the territory under the control of the Russian peacekeepers. The Azerbaijani Defense Ministry said that as a result of urgent measures taken by their units, the work was immediately stopped. Stepanagert stated that the false claim by the Azerbaijani side about the use of the Stepanagert Khaybarlishen Lizagor mountainous road for the purpose of transporting ammunition is just a pretext for their next next aggressive and destructive actions. The authorities of Artsakh have stated several times that under the conditions of a blockade that started on December 12, the mountain road was used for civilian and urgent communication between Stepanagert and the four communities or villages of the Shushi region by off-road vehicles, taking into account the very difficult and dangerous terrain. Russia's defense ministry also reported the incident, calling it a violation of the first point of the November 9th statement, according According to the Russian side, Azerbaijan was informed of the requirements to comply with the provisions of the agreements, take measures to stop engineering work, and withdraw units of their armed forces to their previously occupied positions. Later, the NKR Info Center reported that after the positional advance of the Azerbaijani forces to one of the heights adjacent to that road, the Russian peacekeepers positioned themselves on the same height and are now in control of it, at the same time negotiating with the Azerbaijani side to ensure their retreat to their starting positions. So they're now roommates with uh, yes, the Azerbaijani yes. forces. In a statement issued by Artsakh's foreign ministry, Stepanagert expressed its expectation that the Russian peacekeeping force will take practical steps to eliminate the consequences of Azerbaijan's repeated violation of provisions of the November 9 trilateral statement, as well as to prevent any new possible violations. The Artsakh authorities also call on the international community to adopt a hard position to force Azerbaijan to return to the legal framework and implement its international obligations. Two days after that incident, on March 27, Artsakh's Defense Army reported that Azerbaijani troops again tried to advance in the direction of one of the heights near the Stepanagert-Lisagor dirt road. The Azerbaijani advance was stopped by the Defense Army. The Russian peacekeepers have been informed about the incident. And over the course of the week, Azerbaijani armed forces have been firing 
Afghan citizens working in agricultural fields in Artsakh on several occasions. The Russian Defense Ministry also reported the ceasefire violations, stating that the Peacekeeping Command is investigating the incidents together with the Armenian and Azerbaijani sides. And yesterday, Artsakh's Ministry of Internal Affairs reported that Azerbaijani forces blocked the Gori Stepanagert Highway on the Der Aravno section. The new Der Gornitsor unpaved road bypassing the blocked section is ready, which links to the Gornitsor Hinshen Road that started operating back in August 2022. The road is currently being paved. It is expected to be ready. Uh, sometime in May. And as a reminder, in August of 2022, Artsakh handed over the villages of Aravnosus and Berzor to Azerbaijan. The handover was envisioned by the November 9 trilateral statement, but was supposed to take place three years after the end of the 44-day war. The ministry also informs that the Der Gornitsor dirt road is passable, and taking into account the ongoing blockade of Artsakh, it is possible to transfer humanitarian aid to the people of Artsakh by Russian peacekeepers and the International Committee of the Red Cross. And also yesterday, it was revealed that Azerbaijani armed forces have advanced in the territory of Armenia as well, near Sunik region's Ter village. In a statement explaining the situation, Armenia's National Security Service said that according to agreements reached between Armenia and Azerbaijan in August 2022 from April 1, 2023, the Lachin Corridor will end at the Kornizor Bridge and the route connecting Armenia to the Lachin Corridor will pass entirely through the territory of Armenia by the Kornizor Ter Road. After August 2022, a part of the road still passed through a territory of Azerbaijan and was controlled by the Russian peacekeepers. According to agreements reached between Armenia and Azerbaijan on March 29, the border guards of the two countries were to be deployed on both sides of the border along the aforementioned section in the last days of March. Due to, apparently, misinterpretations of maps during that deployment, Azerbaijani units advanced into Armenia territory about 100 to 300 meters in five specific areas without waiting for prearranged adjustments. They started to position themselves and carried out engineering work. It has now been agreed that cartographers from both sides will try to correct the situation. But at this point, Rubina, they've already advanced forward. And we know that uh, once they advance, they're never going to move uh, mm -hmm. back. Well, the National Security Service also said that the Armenian side is approaching the situation with the logic of preventing a new escalation and hopefully with a lot of patience since no one knows what maps we're talking about mm -hmm. and this has been a subject of discussion right. for, for over two years now. The Armenian army did not have any positions in the area in question according to the NSS because positions are located on the nearby strategic heights and not on the borderline. The protection of that part of the border will be transferred to the the border guard troops, according to the agreement mentioned above. And during yesterday's cabinet meeting, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan commented on the recent developments along the Lachin Corridor and the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. The cabinet meeting took place before it was revealed that Azerbaijani troops had advanced into Armenia's territory, at least that's what we know. Pashinyan said that no change will take place in the Armenian positions after the opening of the Der Gornizor Road, adding that the only difference will be that 
the border will be protected by border guards instead of the military units of the armed forces. Well, according to the Prime Minister, the change that takes place is as follows. From the same positions along the state border of the Republic of Armenia, the units of the Ministry of Defense will withdraw and units of border guard troops will be deployed in their places. Pashinyan also added that the same proposal was made to Azerbaijan as well, so that the same would happen on the Azerbaijani side. And I'm adding presumably. All right. Speaking about Azerbaijani advances in the Shushi-Lizagor section in Artsakh, Pashinyan once again reiterated the Armenian position that Baku's claim regarding transport of military equipment through the road is, this is what he called it, a propaganda lie, the purpose of which is to create legitimacy for a potential escalation. I consider it necessary to repeat again that Armenia is not carrying out military transports to Nagorno-Karabakh. Armenia does not have an army in Nagorno-Karabakh, the prime minister said. He went on to say that although Azerbaijan has rejected the proposals to send an international fact-finding mission to Nagorno-Karabakh to verify whether Armenia is transporting arms to Artsakh, the offer still stands from the Armenian side. Pashinyan again reaffirmed Armenia's commitment to the peace agenda, expressing hope that in the near future there will be concrete movements in both Stepanakert Baku and Armenia-Azerbaijan negotiation formats. On March 27, the Office of Azerbaijan's president again proposed to hold a meeting between the representatives of Azerbaijan and Artsakh in Baku during the first week of April, quote, for the reintegration of the Armenian community of Kharapagh, as well as to discuss the implementation of infrastructure projects as a continuation of the meeting held in Khojali on March 1 and the invitation presented on March 13. The following day, Artsakh's foreign ministry responded to Baku's proposal, stating that while Artsakh has always advocated for dialogue and a peaceful negotiated solution to all existing problems and has never refused contacts with with Azerbaijan, the conditions proposed by the Azerbaijani side regarding the place and agenda of the meeting, as well as the context in which the proposal was made, indicate that the goal of the Azerbaijani authorities is not to have genuine discussion on existing problems, but to disrupt a possible dialogue or to impose their own political agenda through coercion, blockade, creating unbearable living conditions, and the use of military force. The Artsakh authorities reaffirmed their readiness to meet with representatives of Azerbaijan through the mediation and at the deployment site of the command of the Russian peacekeeping mission to discuss issues of you know, ensuring the normal life of the people of Artsakh and the proper implementation by the parties of their obligations, in particular those related to the unimpeded functioning of the Laching Corridor. In this context, we consider the reopening of the only road connecting Artsakh to Armenia through the corridor and addressing the humanitarian, infrastructural, and other urgent issues caused by the blockade to be a priority. This was the statement by Artsakh's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And a report by a specialized team of economists led by Vartan Aramyan, an international consultant for finance management, said that Nagorno-Karabakh is suffering at least 1.9 million U.S. dollars in economic damages every day amid the ongoing Azerbaijani blockade. The report was commissioned by the Artsakh government. And also this week, Assistant U.S. Secretary of State Karen Donfried spoke with Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister 
Jehun Bayramov and, quote, expressed concern over Azerbaijani military movements. On March 25, the president of the European Council, Charles Michel, had telephone conversations with Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev. There's a lot of conversations taking place, isn't there? And well, concerns. <laughs> according to a press release issued by the European Council, President Michel expressed concerns about the continuous crisis around the Lachin Corridor, the recent casualties, and the sharp increase in tensions on the ground, as well as accompanying negative rhetoric. He urged his counterparts to look for compromise solutions and to refrain from any actions that could lead to a risk of escalation. President Michel and Prime Minister Pashinyan also spoke yesterday discussing the ongoing crisis caused by Azerbaijan's blockade and siege of Artsakh, recent developments in the region, the Armenian-Azerbaijan negotiations process, and the peace agenda. This week, Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev appointed Masim Mamadov as the special representative of the President of Azerbaijan in the Lachin district. During a meeting with Mamadov on March 28, Aliyev stated that ensuring the security of the Lachin district and returning displaced people there as soon as possible are priorities for Baku. He added that Azerbaijan has acquired very favorable positions Uh, this is in quotes, in the direction of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border and is reinforcing itself in these positions with the intention of remaining there. Exactly what you said earlier. <laughs> well, Marcus Ritter, the head of the European Union mission Armenia, told Docevele that uh, many Armenians believe that there will be a spring offensive by Azerbaijan. If this doesn't happen, our mission is already a success, said Ritter. He also added that as the EU observers are not permitted access to Azerbaijani territory, they are therefore unable to detect troop movements in preparation of another attack. We cannot interfere. We only have binoculars and cameras at our disposal, Ritter said. Very reassuring. Well, on March 27, TASS, citing its sources, reported that Moscow considers Yerevan's plan to join the International Criminal Court to be absolutely unacceptable against the backdrop of the recent illegal warrant of the International Criminal Court against the Russian leadership. According to TASS, their source in Russia's foreign ministry said that Armenia was warned about extremely negative consequences should Yerevan decide to proceed with ratifying the Rome Statute. As a reminder, last week Armenia's constitutional court ruled that the Rome Statute is compatible with the Armenian Constitution. And again, as another reminder, on March 17, the International Criminal Court had issued an arrest warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin. And back to uh, Sheila Palian's article about mm -hmm. this. So if Armenia's parliament ratifies the statute, that means... It's very possible yes. that if Putin came to Armenia, Armenia would be obliged mm -hmm. to uh, arrest him. But however, she was also saying that uh, similar warrants against world leaders are not necessarily implemented. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I get Zakharova again this week. Yesterday, Maria Zakharova, the special representative of Russia's foreign ministry, said that Moscow is discussing the possible ratification of the Rome Statute with Yerevan. She said, I do not consider it necessary to disclose the details of those contacts, but we assume that the issue will be settled in an allied and mutually acceptable manner. There has been no official statement from Yerevan on the matter. Today, the Collective Security Treaty Organization Secretary General Iman Galit Tasmagen Baitov said during a meeting at the headquarters of the organization that the situation on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border and in Nagorno-Karabakh may seriously destabilize. According to him, the risks related to the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh and the Armenian-Azerbaijani border remain. 
And earlier in the week, Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Mikhail Galuzhin told Russia media that Moscow expects harmful discussions on Armenia CSCO relations to end and all issues of interaction with Yerevan with the CSCO framework, including the deployment of organizations monitoring mission in Armenia, will be solved in a constructive and mutually beneficial manner. For our part, we reaffirm our readiness to implement plans to deploy a CSCO mission on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border in the interest of ensuring Armenia's security as well as other assistance measures, Galuzhin. Said. Well, last November, Armenia refused to sign a document on the deployment of the CSTU mission to Armenia, demanding that the security organization issue a political assessment of Azerbaijan's invasion of Armenia first. In January, Armenia canceled CSTU military drills on its territory, and in March, Yerevan turned down the position of CSTU Deputy Secretary General. Officially, Yerevan has announced on numerous occasions that Armenia is not planning on leaving CSTU, but the CSTU might leave Armenia. Amid the diplomatic tension between Yerevan and Moscow, on March 28, the 16th regular session of Armenian-Russian Intergovernmental Commission on Military Technical Cooperation, they really love these long names, don't they, of these things, kicked off at the Armenian Defense Ministry. Armenia's Deputy Defense Minister, Garen Burutyan, emphasized the importance of strengthening and developing bilateral military technical relations between Russia and Armenia, expressing hope that during the session there will be effective discussions related to the prospects of cooperation. Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan was invited to participate in the U.S. Summit for Democracy for the second time this year, which kicked off this week. This one was short, the name. Yes. Well, uh, the two-day uh, virtual summit aims to promote democratic governments around the world in the face of rising authoritarianism. Two of Armenia's neighbors, Azerbaijan and Turkey, and also Russia were not participating. At the end of the plenary session of the Second Summit for Democracy, a declaration was adopted to which Armenia joined with a reservation. In one of the passages of the declaration, the leaders of the participating countries reiterated their firm resolve to support countries and people around the world that adhere to the values of freedom and democracy against direct or indirect attempts or threats to undermine them. They also recognize the fundamental principles of the UN Charter that all states shall refrain in their international relations from the threat or use of force against the territorial integrity or political independence of any. Well, the same passage goes on to reference Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, deploring the dire human rights and humanitarian consequences of Russian aggression. Armenia's reservation to the passage is that this paragraph does not comprehensively reflect all conflicts and crises, does not address Azerbaijan's aggression against the sovereign territory of the Republic of Armenia and the occupation of certain parts of its sovereign territory. Armenia's Foreign Affairs Minister Arad Mirzoyan is in Malta on an official visit where he met his Maltese counterpart Ian Bork and the President of Malta, George Vela. Cooperation between the two states in, in a number of fields was discussed during those meetings. And Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian is visiting the Baltic states. So far, he has held meetings with high-ranking Latvian and Estonian officials in Riga and Tallinn. Armenia's bilateral relations with the three countries, Armenia-EU relations, uh, uh, the European mission in Armenia, as well as Armenia's security concerns, are on the agenda of discussions. This week, Artsakh's law enforcement agencies detained two residents of Stepanagert on suspicions of spying for Azerbaijan. The investigative committee said they established contact with agents of the Azerbaijani intelligence agencies and regularly relayed classified information in exchange for money. 
Authorities said that the suspects conveyed information on Artsakh's economy, the security of citizens, the social programs in response to the blockade, the changes happening in the composition of the government and presidential orders. The law enforcement agency did not mention how the suspects gained access to classified information. Both suspects are charged with treason and are in pretrial detention. You know, maybe this is like the treason cases are the most heartbreaking in a way with everything that's going that's on going and on, it's yeah. constant state of crises maybe mm -hmm. this is one thing that we could have avoided indeed during this week's cabinet meeting armenia's government adopted the bill on ratifying the agreement on military cooperation between the governments of armenia and the czech republic the agreement envisages cooperation in the training of specialists and technical personnel in educational institutions on March 28, the Armenian embassy in Greece reported that Yerevan and Athens signed an agreement on military cooperation. The cooperation program includes joint training of special forces, exchange of experience in the use of anti-aircraft systems, military intelligence cooperation, etc. On March 25, the national football teams of Armenia and Turkey played their first match for the 2024 European qualifiers in Yerevan. The game ended with a score of 1-2 to two in favor of Turkey. The next match will take place in September in Turkey. The national teams of Armenia and Turkey also faced each other back in 2008 and 2009 for the 2010 World Cup qualifiers. The 2008 match kicked off the so-called football diplomacy aimed at normalizing relations between Armenia and Turkey. Back in 2008, Turkish President Abdullah Gül visited Yerevan to watch the match with then-President Ser Sarkisyan. This time, Turkey was represented by the Minister of Sports and Culture. The day before the match, Armenia's foreign minister, Mirzoyan, told the Parliamentary Committee on Foreign Affairs that Armenia and Turkey are set to open the land border for third country citizens and diplomatic passport holders until the start of the tourist season. He added that Armenia is taking steps in this direction. And over the weekend, municipal elections were held in the town of Sisian in Armenia's Sunik region and the town of Ani in the Shirak region. During both elections, the ruling civil contract party received the majority of the votes. In Sisian, it received 64% of the votes and in Ani, 52%. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia, in Artsakh, in the region. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend and we'll be back again next week.